0: And folks, it has been a month. I'm back. And what better, what, uh, excuse me, what better, I, I know I'm rusty. It's been a while, but what better way to kick back off YWC football talk for the start of football season? Because guess what, folks, it is less than three months away right now than with Pat own Keegan Stifle, which, by the way, recently interviewed Joe Cardona from the New England Patriots. Keegan, welcome back. How are we feeling on this uh, June evening?
1: feel oh, great. It's beautiful here in Massachusetts. It's like 68 degrees. It's wonderful. Um, you know, mini camp started back up. Pretty excited about that. As excited as you can be for somebody who can't go, um, you know, I'm, I'm following along like, like the rest of everybody else. Just grinding away on Twitter, trying to get as many clips and stuff as I can. But I'm excited to see how the, the team's going to start to take shape and just excited to watch football training camp. It's going to be open. I'll be there. I'm, I'm real excited.
0: Any plans to podcast live from Gillette stadium
1: as you're uh, at training camp? <laughs> so I, I mentioned that as a joke uh, at the end of, I believe it, our last podcast, I mentioned this joke. We're, we're going to figure something out, something fun for, for fans, maybe a video, maybe uh, me recording practice when I'm not supposed to be, I'll get tackled by a security guard, something like that. We'll, we'll have something fun for the fans.
0: Just you, just, you just standing there the entire time like this. Like, Hey, don't, don't mind me. Don't mind me. I'm, I'm,
1: it's okay. my pacemaker. Don't worry about it. Yeah. So I have a heart, sir. I have a heart condition. Can you please
0: back away? Oh, but anyway, um, this episode also is going to entail two depressed hockey fans, even though he's still got UMass uh, and potential Norris trophy winner, Cal McCarr. Um, we are talking football. Like I said, training camp. And uh, with not tr- well, training camp, so close, but with mini camps, even here, like I love how, Cam had a few bad throws, and even, like, yesterday he had one, and then someone sent it to me, like, LOL Griffin. I'm like, um, it's June 14th and his hand's busted. I'm not going to freak out over a couple bad throws. If I'm going to freak out over a quarterback, I'd be a Miami Dolphins fan right now.
1: Yeah, yeah. Two of uh, five interceptions of practice, yikes. Um, yeah, like, listen, guys, if, if you're sitting in the cube and someone comes and starts recording you, and you make a mistake and then the whole world is like, oh, this guy sucks at his job. That's tough. Like, well, let, let's give everybody a break. Um, I, know, I know from a couple of guys that I know that have been at practice saying none of the quarterbacks have really looked that great. Matt Jones looks good for a rookie, but that's not really saying much. Um, so, like, let's pump the brakes. It's the first time they've thrown a football in a few months. So they're uh, they're a little rusty. They, it takes some time to get back into the swing of things.
0: Yeah, exactly, because it's like it's the middle of June. If it's the middle of August and they're having these throws or if they're having like what Tua did today, a five interception day, which everyone's kind of jokingly saying, oh, wash or whatever. Um, I'm like, it's June, guys. Let's chill. If it's August 15th and this is going on, okay, yeah, then be worried because you only have a few weeks till the season. We still have a few months, and I'm already seeing like, oh, uh, how this person does or what happens here. Even something as, It was something as little as like Hunter Henry and Smith, I think both had leg injuries this week and or throughout the last week or so. And people are like, oh yeah, it's like Hunter Henry injury problem. I'm like, it's June. I don't want to freak out, but then part of me inside is like, it's like the little screaming guy in the cage where it's just like, let me out, let me out, let me out. My football, like inner football emotions are just screaming.
1: Yeah, like nothing, nothing physically that happens in June matters. None of it's going to translate onto the field. Like it's, it's all mental stuff. It's all about like the new guys really getting caught up on the program and even guys that came in last year, all the rookies from last year, all the free agent signings from last year. I don't think any of them really know the system still yeah. uh, because last year was a shit show. So they'll, um they'll figure it out. Like it's, there, there's no need to worry. And, and even on the whole Tua thing, uh, in Jimmy Garoppolo's first four training camp passes as a 49er, he threw interceptions and then led them to the Super Bowl that year. So like, it's not that big of a deal
0: yeah that was coming off his That was the year coming off the torn ACL too and I remember everybody was freaking out about that so it's like guys just got to take a chill pill the only other thing I'll say right now is um Sunday night at this is an off-topic football story but Sunday night I was at uh, just at home and the U.S. Olympic trials were on there was nothing else on TV and I see Mike Tarico and I'm like all right cool and then I hear Michelle Tafoya and I'm like I literally looked at my sister. I'm like, that's weird. She's like, why? I'm like, I do not. It's I, just, my brain's not programmed to see football people in the summer yeah. when it's like team reporters. I'm like, okay, whatever those guys, that's their job. But with her, I'm just like, I'm not supposed to see you for another three months. This is nice.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's, it, it's always weird. I remember seeing, um, who was it? Oh, Erin Andrews. I think she did. She did like a baseball game like, a month ago, and I was like, what the hell is it? She's not supposed to be out in the summer. Like, they put her away in a, in a cage somewhere, and then she comes out during football season and then goes right back. I was shocked. I couldn't believe I was seeing her on my TV.
0: Exactly. It's like all those – like, for example, if I see the college guys, it's like uh, David Pollock just popping up out of nowhere. I'm like, hey, what,
1: what are you, where have you been?
0: <laughs> yeah. But um. anyway, going back to the whole minicamp stuff and everything, like, it's also a chance for the mm-hmm. rookies to impress because I think this year – NFL-wide, you're going to see a lot of these rookies, or not rookies, but second-year guys, it's going to be like, oh, my God, where did this guy come from? It's just like they didn't have a chance to properly develop. They didn't have a chance to, you know what, work out properly until they got the training camp. But now with, obviously, COVID being a lot better in the States, and I, I think it's still 30 of 32 teams are going to be full capacity in the stadiums, which cannot wait for. Um, it's just the season's going to be back to normal. It's going to be great.
1: Yeah. I, I think by the time we, we get to the season, it'll be 32 out of 32. Like I, I don't see it going any other way, unless things drastically change, which is, is tough, but you know, like you said with the the second year guys and guys who are still getting used to their teams. Like I, I think of a guy like Kyle Duggar who came out of D2 and immediately made an impact without even knowing what position he played. Like he, in the, the Jets game in the season finale, he played four different uh, positions on the first drive and like played well at all of them. So there's no way that a rookie in week 15 after, you know, no training camp knew all four positions. So that's the kind of guy they would just thrown out there and like go tackle somebody, like go make a play. So now that he's actually going to get a chance to learn the defense with Dante Hightower calling the defense and Devin McCourty beside him, big years for these guys. I think we're going to see a lot of big jumps in terms of production and, and, uh, Th- picks are going to look a lot better this year than they did last year. I'll say that. Exactly. Like some, I, I even think someone like
0: a Devin Asiasi is going to come out. I'm not saying he's going to be, oh my god, he's going to be this great tight end, like whatever. But if he comes out and just, I, I said this in my free agency article I wrote back in March. Do your job, I'll be impressed. I said it for guys like I think it was Mont, uh, the guys I didn't know much about, like uh, Henry Townsend, uh, Mont, Montavis Brian or Adams. I'm trying to remember Montrevis his name. Montavis Adams. Montrevis Adams, like guys like that. I just said, look, I don't know much about you you come out here, do your job. I'm going to be satisfied. So like guys like Keen and Asiasi can do that, which with Keen, we don't know. Hopefully it's the fullback conversion and Asiasi tight end three, just, you know what block catch a pass here or there and be good. Um, and then even to like Kyle Duggar, Josh Uche, Michael, Ouenu, guys who were all great in their rookie seasons now have that experience. So last year they're kind of prematurely thrown into the fire in some situations. It's ex- except for one first, first team, all rookie, not a big deal. Um, can now solidify because it's like I look at the all the photos from minicamp and I see the offensive line and I just I know we're without Tooney but man this offensive line is gonna be something good yeah like
1: even to touch on the offensive line like the the sheer amount of weight on the <laughs> offensive line like there, there's like I I posted something on Twitter a few weeks ago and the Patriots potential red zone package with three tight ends and two running backs um, they could possibly weigh 3,010 pounds down at the goal line. Like, that's ridiculous. That's a crazy number. Like, that sounds like I made it up. I did the math. Um, so you like you've just got these huge guys, and then you guys you've got guys coming in that have played so well in this system. Like Ted Karras is the ultimate plug-and-play guy. He can do everything and do it like well. And then Trent Brown, who obviously was good enough to be a pro bowler in his lone season in new England, David Andrews coming back, Michael onwenu who's if he takes the next step, he could be one of the best guards in the league and then steady Shaq Mason. And, and they say steady, Teddy Karras, it's steady, Shaq Mason, Shaq Mason never makes mistakes. And then Isaiah Wynn, if that guy can stay healthy, if this offensive line can stay healthy, there's not a better unit in the league. I don't think just, oh. just off of you know sheer talent and they've all worked together pretty much.
0: Oh, same here. Like it, the off, our offensive line has great potential. Like even to, but say for example, if Isaiah win, knock on wood, gets injured, Ted Karras is there to go in and fill his Because I know he mainly is a center, but he does. I'm just trying to remember. Yeah. He can't play guard. So if anything, uh, cause I'm trying I wins a tackle, I believe I'm just brain fart right now.
1: Yeah. You throw, you throw Karras in at, at guard and then slide on one to the tackle and you're, you're set.
0: Exactly. So it's kind of like one of those like repeat things where it's like go down the list where it's like, you know what, were prepared for a worst case scenario to happen even this year with our running back room. Obviously I know we lost Scott, we lost like uh, Rex Burkhead to Houston, but I, I said, I've been saying this for a few months now I fully expect Harris to get the bulk bulk, bulk of the carries, even though I know it is a uh, competition, like a competitive running back room. Like there's no real guy, which well, obviously the NFL is like that, but I expect Harris to get the bulk of the carries. I honestly was thinking like, you know what, maybe Sony would be the short down guy. I think it's Ramondre Stevens, Stevens now. Honestly, you described him as you said Haas, you have said LeGarrette Blunt. I remember myself just screaming or tweeting in all caps, blunt force trauma when that happens, when he would just just truck through guys. I'm like, that's what I expect Stevens to be. So if we can have like a great running back room, like with Harris and Stevens leading the way. And even too, you get guys in there white for the third down cat pass plays, even Michelle can do that too. Yep. Thinking about what this offense can do, it's a lot better than last year already.
1: Yeah, like, the the big thing that I think they focus on in terms of, like, adding players is versatility and competition. That's all they're looking for. They're looking for guys who can do multiple things and push the guys who are already on the roster. And I I think Stevenson is, like, the big – like, he represents that more than anybody else they drafted this year, maybe except for quarterback, but there's no versatility there. Like, Stevenson's a guy who can – he can come in and be your your workhorse – Short yardage like fourth and three we we need to pick up three yards he can be that guy he can also run routes and like tiptoe up and down the sideline and he's got great contact balance he's a guy who I think he's the most versatile back on the team just by showing up because Harris and Michelle have had struggles picking up the passing concepts James white he's just not a great runner like between the tackles he can do it but he's not phenomenal at it Brandon Bolden's a great special teamer but uh, I don't really want to kind of trust him to play a big role on offense. And then J.J. Taylor, like no one knows what that guy can be. He could be great. He could also kind of not really show up and do a ton. So, but I think Stevenson right now, he can do everything. He could block, he could pass, or he could catch, he could run, do all those things. So he's a guy that early on, I don't think he'll be able to do it much. But as you get later on into the season for the playoff push, that's a guy like Rex Burkhead who can come in, change a pace, do a ton of different stuff.
0: Exactly, because even, too, that's the other thing. Like, we need someone who's good in the pass protection who can uh, pick up that, like, outside blitz that comes through. And Steven's someone that can fit in there, because I know a lot of times last year, that was the big thing with uh, opposing defenses they recognize with Cam. It's like, look, if we blitz him from his outside, from his blind side, you're going to tackle him. There was a lot of, it was – I think the Denver game specifically where stuff like that happened. So, look, all the more power to us. And even, too, I see a lot of opposing people going, like – Oh, our, with our receiver room still not being the best in the league, but I'm just like, watch out for Trey Nixon. You just It's it's that Ernie special. It's just, look, for those Patriots fans who don't, or not Patriots fans, if you're a Patriots fan, you should know who he is. For not Patriots fans, he's that he's secret weapon you want in your draft room.
1: Yeah, he's like the kind of guy, just the fact that he got drafted by Ernie Adams, he'll make a Pro Bowl at some point. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's just going to happen, it feels like, but... With that receiver room, I think things are kind of set one through four. Like, you've got Bourne, Myers, and Aguilar who are – they're there. They're on the roster. And then Osheski going to make the team just off his punt return ability alone. So, there are guys kind of fighting for that fifth spot. And then Nikhil Harry, if he can stay healthy and they can figure out that he's, he's Des Bryant – like, he doesn't have all the things that Des Bryant has, but if you use him like the Cowboys use Des Bryant, you're going to get results – that's what they did in the preseason his rookie year, and he played well, and then got hurt. So if he can stay healthy, I don't see him not making the team. And then if there's a guy to make that last spot, that's that has Trey Nixon written all over it. Just a speedster who can stretch the field, who can run, he can run end arounds, do that stuff that Josh McDaniels loves to do. Throw him a bubble screen, like that. I don't see. You look at that guy, and that's what he does. Like you, you could just see it
0: in him. Oh, 100%. Like, you know, like, it's a seventh round pick. You're, you know, what you're going to get. Like, if everyone who's a seventh round pick, Bill, Bill Belichick's going to know how to use him. Um, but I even love the whole two because I've seen a lot lately the whole, oh, imagine if the Patriots drafted AJ Brown over Harry. Um, well, another one I heard of today was what if the Kansas City Chiefs had drafted DK Metcalf over McCole Hardman? Just for every time people want to come in and say, oh, this team had a bad draft or a bad draft pick. Just remember, there's always another one out there. I'm not dissing on Hartman. I'm just saying, you put Metcalf on the Chiefs, uh, that's not something the rest of the league will love.
1: Yeah, I I love my my boy Andy Isabella, UMass legend. But that guy got drafted before DK Metcalf. Like, that's – everybody missed on him. Everybody. (laughs) Like, there there isn't a single team on the planet that didn't miss on DK Metcalf twice. So, yeah. So, like, pump the brakes on the whole DK Metcalf thing. I am team A.J. Brown should have been drafted by the Patriots, though. I, me, and, me and my boy Ryan Kieran, we were pumping those tires three years ago, and it didn't work out. But still, the, who knows what what can happen with with Nikhil.
0: Exactly. And even the other thing, too, was um, there was a video of him when the Patriots win the AFC Championship game against the Chiefs, and he's, like, just losing it. I'm like, I, t- I tweeted this too many times last year. I'm going to not try to tweet as many times this coming season, but it's the Brooklyn nine, nine gift of captain Holt. Just going, pain. That's like, <laughs> that was me. When I watched that, I have like, I tweeted out too many times last year, more or the less too. Cause when it was a day when the Pat's having a bad game and Tampa's just out there. Hey, look at us. Um, so yeah. And then, uh, like you know what? I was going to say this too. The whole Gilmore stuff too. I also don't look too much into as well. And the high tower rumors, the whole, spike king that was a cold take the whole he's retiring like hey look he's not playing here for free so we'll see what happens but my favorite patriot's still on the roster
1: yeah like i i don't know much about him like the the spike king but you know people throw stuff out there and and sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't it's it's a tough look but the whole like try to dunk on people and stuff like that like unless unless they were an asshole about it then relax it was it was a a bad take a a swing and a miss and then and then with the Gilmore stuff I said it last year when everybody was like oh he's just on vacation he didn't show up to the first three days of training camp by coincidence and then all of a sudden he got a pay raise and then showed up yeah that was a coincidence he's holding out it's a holdout every team has holdouts all the time like it's it's not a big deal I think they're just gonna give him more money this year they're just gonna be like hey we've got 5 million bucks for you, you want it and he's gonna be like yeah i'll take it and then he's gonna play <laughs> play out the rest of his contract that's what i assume is gonna happen they might give him an extension that's tough for like a 31 year old corner you know it, it never seems to work out corners going into their 30s but who knows um but like the whole reading into him missing the first days of minicamp tom brady didn't go to minicamp in 17 18 or 19 they were fine like it, it's not a big deal Gilmore is not the kind of guy who needs to practice with his teammates and figure out the the defense like you throw him out there you say go cover that guy and he's going to do it it's it's not really all that complicated so I think he'll be fine
0: exactly and even too if they uh, lock him up for this year it's fine and the next year he decides hey I want to go somewhere else look Steve Kine can sign him as a free agent for a three-year deal worth like 30 35 million dollars and um because I've been hearing this a lot it's like hey would you rather go Gilmore or Jackson if we're going long term, I'm going Jackson. I know Gilmore's the better player, but with the NFL, sometimes you got to go youth over
1: experience. Yeah, especially with like the the numbers of of thirty year old corners, they just it doesn't work. Darrell Revis, I I hate the term "fell off a cliff" because Max Kellerman buried it into the ground. But yep. Darrell Revis fell off a, a cliff. Akeem Talib fell off a cliff. Ty Law, even when he hit like thirty two, fell off a cliff.
2: It, it happens.
1: It happens, like, these DBs, when they hit 32, it's tough. Some of them, some of them work out. Devin mccordy has been great. He's, like, 34, I think. He, he's been great the past few years. But some of them, it just it just doesn't work out. The hips, they don't work like they used to. You're not able to, to keep up with younger, faster guys. Like, that's just the, the way it is. And if you've got a guy with, in JC Jackson who's just gotten better every year that you've had him on the roster, why wouldn't you invest in that? I don't see any world where – you don't invest in the up and comer over the guy who's been here and he's done it, but there, there's a slide coming. There, there's going to be a slide. There always is. I, I agree with you on the, the JC Jackson front. I, I think he's the guy to invest in. at corner.
0: Exactly. And especially if he has a year, like he did this past year, because we can have a uh, secondary going forward where you have Kyle Duggar, you've got JC Jackson. We'll see what happens with McCourty. And then even to Jalen Mills, which the signing makes a lot more sense now because of the Patrick Chung retirements. So we'll see what goes on there. And the other thing I'll say coming out of this uh, whole camp stuff is besides Mills wearing two, I love like uh, Jawan Bentley and Matthew Judon on just eight and nine. I'm like, oh, like it's perfect.
1: Single digits are so cool. Like I, I cannot stress that enough. Single digits make you – I think they make you a better football player if you were single digits. It's just you're faster, you're stronger, you're more – Got insecure. more swagger. Yeah, you got more swagger. Like Jalen Mills – I I tweeted it out. They, I think they had media day a couple days ago. Um, No one will find out for like three months that they had media day a few days ago, but he posted a picture in his uniform. I already crowned him 2021 swag champ. He's got, he's got the the shooting sleeve with armbands over it. the, The Tyron Matthews style armbands from back in his LSU days. Very cool. Extremely cool. I think just off that alone, he'll be the best player on the team next year there there's a lot to this Patriots
0: team that I think fans are going to like so, like the more casual fans are going to get used to, but then they're going to realize, Hey, look, these guys can play. These guys are good. It's even too the secondary is good. And then that just the linebacker defensive line with man, we'll see. I think Christian Barmore has a good chance to start being a Lawrence guy as well. You have those two guys up the middle. And then on the outside, you're going to have Winovich, Judon, even with the linebackers, Bentley, Van Noy, Hightower, like thinking about it. Oh, like, just thinking about it, I, I was going to say Matthew on again. Uche. Just, it's like salivating, like Homer Simpson looking at a donut. Just quick Simpsons reference for all Simpsons fans out there. Like, thinking about that, and even too, so Steve Belichick and Gerard Mayo at the helm of that defense. It's like, this defense isn't going to let up a lot of run, running plays like they did last year. Like Belichick knew what his weaknesses were, and he addressed it in free agency.
1: Yeah, I think, like, with, with the running game, uh, defensively, Chow. Henry Anderson, Lawrence Guy, Dietrich Wise, Christian Barmore, they just added size up front. Yeah. That alone, I think they're they're moving to more of a, a four-three style defense, probably where they're or sorry, they're moving to a three-four style defense where they're gonna have one guy in the middle two gap. And then they're really gonna let their linebackers kind of play free and loose. They they weren't able to do that last year. So when you're coming out with four. Linebackers who are probably the most athletic players on your team and and Judon, Uche, Kyle Van Noy, uh, Dante Hightower like those guys alone are going to make your defense 10 times better. And everything that you've heard of Uche so far, which you know, take it with a grain of salt, they don't have pads on, they're they're kind of it's it's competitive walkthroughs, really. Yeah. But everything you've heard about him sense is no one can block him he's the fastest player on the team like he's running by people and sacking the quarterback every every drill or every period I think you know just so I have a place to say it I'll say it here and now for you I think he's going to be the best defensive player on the team next year in year two I I strongly believe that just in the role that he'll be able to play just because he's not going to play every down and I think they're going to mix it up with him. They're going to let him play a little bit inside, but it's going to be that Kyle Van Noy role that you saw two years ago in that that twenty nineteen the the Boogeyman defense. That's what Uche is going to be doing this year, and he's more athletic, he's faster. I don't know if he's quite as strong, but if I think he's he's probably right on par with Kyle Van Noy. All of those things, you are just getting a better athlete at that position. If he can be as instinctive, there is no doubt that he'll be the best defensive player on the team.
0: That whole rant you just went on, that makes me feel – that's an impeccable rant. You can't top a sensational – we're using all these little cam logic words of the day because we're loving it. But you know what? I can't even forget – I can't believe I blanked on Dietrich Wise, too. Like, another guy, look, when you call on him, he's going to get his job done. Uh, I, I'm calling this right now, too. Matthew Judon is going to get a sack against Tom Brady week four in that box game. He's going to go, I thought he was a safety. No, Tom, we love you, but he is a defensive edge. And no also one thing I remember too, unfortunately, from the Baltimore game two years ago was that I think Judon kept getting to Brady during that game. That's just one yeah. thing to point out too. not love Tom, but I'm just saying.
1: Judon's one of those players. Like I, I don't watch a ton of Ravens football. Like I, I don't keep up with them or anything like oh, that. But he's a guy. He's a guy where if you watch a game, that's who you notice on offense, defense, no matter who they're playing, like you notice him, like obviously Lamar is the the big name and you, that, like Mark Andrews is a good tight end, that they're good offensive linemen, good linebackers. But like when you watch a game, if you're watching the players on the field, not the names on the TV, that's the guy that you notice. He's just he's so disruptive at all times. Like he, he just messes everything up that the offense is doing on the opposite side. And I think that's perfect for the Patriots defense. They're just going to tell him, go out there, mess up the whole left side of the offensive line. And let Dante Hightower go to work, pretty much, or, or Kyle Van Noy, whoever's gonna be playing on that side. Like give them some space. Just for the lack of a better term, fuck shit up. <laughs> just go hey, there. And, you you and can ruin you can swear here, man. I love it. I love it. Love it. You we're last,
0: swearing is acceptable on YWC football talk. Um, but with the boogeyman comment, I think it was you or Pat, one of the one of one of you three pulpit guys who said that they didn't like it because after them was when shit started to I go hate south. it. That's you. It was you.
1: I thought it, I thought it was so nerdy. I hated it at the time. I thought the shirt sucked. But I, I think I'm the only person on the planet that didn't like it. I thought it was horrible. I I could come up with 15 better dick names than the boogeyman. That was trash, but it was a great defense. Really I, I defense. just I just love
0: the Brady Victory video the day after, where it was just him and then I, I'm trying to remember what, what his kids' names were the one kid's name. I think it was Ben. Um, was basically just like happy Halloween, and he's playing I'm Your Boogeyman by Casey and the Sunshine Band. So like literally one, and even two, I think uh, Kyle Van Noy, he didn't bring the Boogeyman back, but he was playing another song like that in his video when he announced that he was coming back. When it was just like Pat's Nation, I'm home, and I'm just like, ah, you just start, you get these good feelings and stuff. And that was in March, but now we're in June. So it's just like transitioning on. Um, one thing I want to ask you, and because we'll get into it from a, uh, the perspective of the team that got him. What, where, where were you on the Pats in the Julio situation? Would like obviously we would have loved it, but how did you feel that we didn't
1: get it? I don't think it was ever a possibility, really. Just, just in terms of, I would have been like, if I'm the GM, I would have been in on it, just a second round pick. But with the the way that your your wide receiver room is set up, there's no big number one guy there are like three guys who could possibly be the number one, like Bourne, Myers, uh, Aguilor. I think all three of those guys could kind of take over the team this year and really stick out. But when you the, – the best way I've had it explained to me in terms of the way Bill Belichick builds his roster is strong middle class with very little on the top end and the bottom end. So you're not going to have the best players in the league. So Like you had Brady for 20 years. You had the best player in the league for 20 years. But yeah. – you're not going to spend high dollar on a tackle or a corner or an edge rusher just to have them that one player really kind of stand out you're going to have a, a really solid middle class and that's going to those are going to be the backbone guys of your team like i think of like a lawrence guy as the perfect example like that's a middle class just middle of the road guy who's going to do his job very well and he's going to do it for cheap that's how they build their team. They don't do it by going out and making splash trades and stuff like that. They've, they've done very little of that over the years, and some of them haven't worked out. So um, I don't think they were ever in on him just in terms of the way that the roster's already built. You're kind of messing with the whole structure by adding one of those guys, especially a guy who, though he's one of the a, a top five wide receiver in the league, he's never done anything for you. So you're rewarding a guy like that by bringing him in when you've got guys like Jacoby Myers who's worked his ass off and become your best receiver, and he's kind of getting screwed because he's not going to be able to play as much when you're bringing this guy in. It's, it's a weird way of looking at it, and, of course, who wouldn't want Julio Jones on their team? But I don't think that's the way they build their football team. So why change things when it's worked so well, you know, in the past?
0: No, 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 that's completely fair. It's just something I wanted to get where your gauge was in on it. I, like, obviously, I was disappointed that we didn't get him, but the way I look at it, after, especially after you – describe it it's kind of like the too many cooks in the kitchen metaphor where it's like look you have a room you've got to establish you bring julio and he's great but then he doesn't get the load or the bulk of his uh workload he's not going to be happy he's going to be like okay why am i here meanwhile he did go to somewhere like tennessee where you know what they lost a couple of weapons this year with Corey davis going to new york obviously johnny smith went to a better home um but all you had was aj brown obviously they have one of the best running backs in the nfl but you need to give Ryan Tannehill someone else to throw to because we we see what goes on in Green Bay, which we'll get into that because obviously it's the one of the only news t- tidbits of the day. But I feel like with him going to Tennessee, he'll go there and work and be respected. The only thing I'll say is they missed on is he should have been number eight and not number two because if you <laughs> folks do not know, he wore eight at Alabama. That's, that's all I got to add to that.
1: I think two is way cooler than number eight personally. True. So I would have picked two even though I, I wore eight in the past, but that's just me. And and like you said, with the, the whole Tennessee thing, if you got into a bidding war with Tennessee, they would have outbid you. Like, it would have been nice. Maybe it would have been nice to uh, one of the best you know, teams, one of the biggest adversaries in the AFC this year, like a team that you're going to have to get through uh, throughout the course of the season. It would have been nice to drive the price up a little bit against them, but you were never going to beat them. Like you were never going to get Julio Jones while they were in on him. I think they would have gone – they would have gone first round pick and the Patriots never would have gone first round pick. So um, like the whole hypothetical thing, it, it was never going to happen anyways. So I don't see the point in putting a whole lot of stock into what if.
0: Yeah. Same. Like you, it's the one thing we do though, but you always do it as sports fans. Like, wh- like, what if this, what if that, you do it no matter the sport, NBA, MLB, NHL, NFL is the prime example here, but that's, it's, it's just what we do as sports fans. But look, like, like you said, Tennessee was determined to get them. Like you had AJ Brown making those videos. Um, Since obviously it's off season, so we can talk about whatever we want and not, not just off season, but it's really like the off season where not, not a lot goes on. Do you think this, like, do you believe into the whole, like this could push Tennessee to a Super Bowl runner? Would you still have like Kansas city and Buffalo ahead of them?
1: I, I think that defense is so bad. Like, (laughs) Like the Titans defense isn't good. Um, They've had struggles mostly with injuries. Like, like, they've got a solid defensive line. They've got good pass rushers. Their linebackers, when they aren't injured, are really good. But Rashawn Evans and um, Jayon Brown have been hurt pretty much. Harold Landry, week. too. Harold Landry, as well, like one of the pass rushers. Like, he misses a game here and there. I don't – the secondary – they basically punted on their entire secondary last year – from last yep. year. They got rid of everybody. Kevin Byard's still there, I believe, and that's kind of it. Like, both starting corners, gone. Safety next to I, who was Dory
0: Jackson went to the got overpaid to go to the Giants.
1: Dory Jackson gone. Penny Vaccaro they let go like I think two years ago. Like that secondary was horrible, and they're starting from scratch now. So I don't think defensively, I don't think they can keep up. They might out you know out shoot. I don't know how to put it. Get into a shootout and beat somebody, like like say Kansas City. They they might be able to beat Kansas City's defense, but. Their defense isn't going to stop Kansas City's offense, and same thing goes for Buffalo. I think Buffalo is the most well-built team in the NFL other than Tampa Bay. Like, so if I had a, if I had to rank AFC teams right now, based off of roster, because no one knows how good people are going to play this year, it's it's kind of stupid to do it this way. But I think it's Kansas City, Kansas City, Buffalo, New England, Cleveland. I'd probably put ahead of, of Tennessee. Maybe Pittsburgh, if they can figure things out on the offensive line. And then I think Tennessee is more in a Pittsburgh realm than a Buffalo-Kansas City realm.
0: Do you put the Colts above them, or do you still think Tennessee is probably going to win the South?
1: I think that's tough. See, I think the Colts' defense is very good. Like, yeah, it's going to be a matchup of strengths and weaknesses. The Colts' defense versus the Titans' offense is going to be a great matchup, but the the Colts' offense versus the Titans' defense – It's a wash. Like, I think it's a wash both ways. So, I think they'll have very similar records. They're probably – what they're probably going to end up doing is killing each other. They're going to have very similar records, and whoever doesn't win the division isn't going to make the playoffs just because that's how strong the AFC East is at the top and the AFC North is at at the top.
0: I also just got to look quickly at the uh, standings. Not the standings. I just want to look at the schedule quickly just to see it when – if they play Week 18 because I know, like, last year it was, I believe – Tennis, it was Tennessee, Houston, and it was Jacksonville, Indiana. I'm just like, we don't need that. We need like the good teams playing each other week 18 because I know we play, we play the one that scares me is we play Miami week 18. I'm like, fuck, that just spells loss. Um, That's tough. No, unfortunately, it's uh, Tennessee versus the uh, Tennessee at Houston and the Colts of the Jags. So, NFL, you pooch the bet on that one. Um, my big thing hey. with the Colts, oh, I was going to say, my big thing with the Colts too is, is how their receivers can progress and how Wentz looks. Like yeah, they're.
1: We'll see if Michael,
0: a, oh, sorry, with a little miscommunication, folks. Remember, first episode back in almost a month, or over a month. Um, like, if Michael Pittman can have a big leaping year, uh, Zach Pascal, I think is a very underrated wide receiver in the NFL. Uh, here's a little tidbit for them: Paris Campbell's played nine games in the last two years. If he can stay yeah. healthy, and then T. Y. Hilton, I don't expect them to get a lot of. I think it's kind of like what the Jackson's going to be for the L. A. Rams. So.
1: That's it's that's exactly course. what I was going to say. Yeah. Like, if if Paris Campbell can come in and become wide receiver number two behind yeah. Pittman, and Pascal can keep that number three role, like, I, T.Y. Hilton, I guess you could say, is their number one wide receiver, but at this point in his career, he's a, no. he'll be out there, but he's not going to produce a ton. So you need Pittman to set up, step up and be one. You need Campbell to step up and be two. And then Pascal and, and Hilton can kind of take over that three and four role. If that can happen, and if Wentz – figures out what the hell went on last year uh maybe in a new system it'll work or the system that he played well in with, with Frank reich i think they could figure things out and they could kind of make a run at things but that's that's a lot of ifs to kind yep. of add up and and make them a contender
0: yeah exactly because that's the thing the Colts are in that window and they also have the solid running backs with uh... Jonathan Taylor, who played great with everyone. had I don't know why everyone had questions with him coming out of Wisconsin. And I think it was a couple injuries. But, look, he played great, and then they lost. I'm trying to remember. Uh, not Malik Hooker. He's the thing. Marlon Mack. Marlon he Mack towards Achilles week one. So you have that two-headed monster at running back. And then they have a terrific offensive line with adding Eric Fisher. So Best in the league. Yeah, people are saying, like, yeah, it was Sam saying which I tweeted today because there was the article about hey Drew Brees with uh, NBC and I'm like I'm literally going to watch NBC for Brees dunking on Sims bad takes. I'm <laughs> literally there for like or the moments where Sim says something and then Brees looks. I'm like Chris, shut up. But yeah. Um, yeah, the Colts have a Colts have a top three offensive line in the NFL.
1: Yeah, like talent wise, no one better. And and their linebacking core also stupid good. And just to touch on how much he right touch on jonathan taylor real quick you mentioned the problem with him coming out of wisconsin it was just that wisconsin gave him the ball like five thousand times in 11,000 and a half yards. years they, they just kept giving him the ball so the, a lot of mileage and i think that's a valid point with the running back especially a i don't know if he slipped into the first round or if he was a second round guy but a, a top end draft pick at running back usually the guys who got a ton of work in, in high school second round the guys who got a ton of work in college fall off after like three years, like we're seeing seeing it with Ezekiel Elliott, he was great early on, and he looks like a shell of himself now. Just like, there's a lot of mileage on those legs.
0: Trent Richardson. Um, but yeah, no, you're exactly. right. And then, and then we'll see what happens with uh, like a guy like Saquon Barkley this year too. Which oh, one other thing we to say about the Colts right now, not for your starting receivers, but your, for your flex, I think Pittman and Pascal could be great options if they do pan out in their second years. Just Little fantasy notes because even though drafts don't start up for a while, I've gotten, I've started to go down the rabbit hole of fantasy Twitter and I follow a few people and seeing like Pat getting more involved in it. You start to see, hey, look, pay attention to this shit in the summer. So when you come to the draft time,
1: you're prepared. Yeah, I hate fantasy football, but
2: <laughs>
1: I'll, I'll let you plug that. I, I won my league last year, but everybody forgot like that it was a league. So it was kind of a fake win.
0: You know what? Like, the same thing here. Like, a lot of the leagues I was in last year were, like, no for no cash value or anything. Just, like, I'd be getting messages, hey, in case the season doesn't end or it ends in, like, October. I'm like, the NFL is not – the NFL literally will not stop for COVID. They are the only league in sports not to have
1: been affected by this pandemic. Not, like, they were affected but not affected greatly. The NFL doesn't care about its players enough <laughs> to not – to stop. Yeah. They They do not care about their players. No. So, they'll push them through – we saw it firsthand, you know, if you follow the Patriots, they put them on a plane the day of a yeah. game, made them get off the plane, play a football game. Oh, and by the way, a guy with COVID was on one of those planes. So they had a, they had a, you don't have COVID plane, and a, you might have COVID, but you still have to play today plane. That's, that's how much the NFL cares about their players.
0: And they held Patrick Mahomes to, I think, no touchdowns in the first half of that game. A game that one I still say. the whole game. Yeah, that, the the thing that I still say is if that Cam was healthy, there is a very good chance we win. I get laughed after
1: saying that. I still think it. This year though, we'll see. I absolutely would have won that game if if Brian Hoyer didn't forget how clocks work at the end of the first half. They would have won that game. They would have went up, and in the second half they would have. I think they would have been up six points going into the second half, and they end up losing by three. I think something like that.
0: I know it was 16 because I think, uh, someone threw a pick six. I think it was Hoyer threw a pick six and like it, like it through a pick six. It like bounced off Jules's arms and then right into Tyron Matthew and then Tyron Matthew, just see it to the house. Yeah. They ended up um, blowing him out. You're right. Yeah. But you, also one, uh, so we're here for hot takes. I got one for you right now. Got the you. AFC is already, I know, cause like, you know, how they say with, uh, like some like hockey conferences, the West is harder than the East. Football, it's the, the AFC is going to be the harder conference
1: to make the playoffs, and the NFC absolutely it's not even close. Well, you like the the best. I'm trying to think. The NFC, think you've got you've got one really good team, yep. the Bucks, and then you've got a couple teams who no one knows if they're going to be good or not, like Seattle, the Rams, New Orleans, um, New, like New Orleans. I don't think they'll be good, but like it, I guess it's a question for some people. Dallas. Like no one knows, they could be really good or they could suck. It's Minnesota, Minnesota, Green Bay. Who knows if Aaron Rodgers is going to show up? Like, no one knows if any of those teams are going to be good. Some of them will be, and then I I think the way it's going to work out is there's four or five of those teams. Half of them are going to be good, half of them are going to suck. It's just because that's the way the NFL schedule works out. So those teams who you had no idea if they're going to be good, their records are going to be much better than the roster, you know, would show. Yeah, exactly.
0: Like, when I say New Orleans, like, I'm just not going to count them out because, like, how last year people still had faith in us because of Bill Belichick, because of Sean Payton. I'm going to do that. The only thing I'm going to say is right now with the Saints, isn't it going to be great? Because we, for some reason, we kick off at 425 September 12th. Browns Chiefs, which I'm a little irked at because I would have loved to have seen that game. But in the Fox Prime window, you're probably going to have at the moment Taysom Hill taking on Jordan Love at 425 p.m. So, you're
1: watching Fox. Have fun with it. Yeah, that's uh, that's tough. I, I, I am interested to see Jordan Love. He's going to play eventually. I don't know if it's going to be this year, but I'm interested to see him play. I think he's got busts, like, written on his forehead in permanent Sharpie. Yeah, like, it's – I never saw it. I still don't see it. I don't know what the whole deal – like, why would you draft him if you're the backers? It makes no if I was Aaron Rodgers, I, wouldn't, I would never step foot in Green Bay again. That is so, a ridiculous mismanagement of your assets.
0: So apparently they wanted uh, Justin Jefferson, but then Green Bay got, not Green Bay, Minnesota got him. But then they wanted Brandon Ayuk, but then San Francisco jumped them. So apparently they panicked. When well, I'm just like, okay, you could have had Pittman, you could have had Claypool, like you could have
1: waited and drafted that's, Tyler Johnson. That's why you're allowed to trade back. <laughs> if yeah. you don't want anybody, trade back. Like don't, you don't panic pick a, a quarterback.
0: No, you panic pick like when you're me in fantasy football and you're in the queue and someone takes a player, two players before you and you take the next best available one. And he ends up having a shit year. That's when you panic pick. You do not panic pick if you're Brian Gutekunst and Mark Murphy, which right now, like, look, you, um, Florio says this all the time. You know what Rodgers could do this year? Um, I know you're. I know you're younger than me, but I, you obviously have you seen the longest yard of Adam Sandler? Yes,
1: of course. Remember at the Crazy. end of the movie,
0: how Sandler went to go get the ball and basically yep. shoved it in the warden's chest? Yeah. Rodgers could do that. Come back, lead Green Bay to a Super Bowl, win it, go grab the football, basically say up yours, put this in your trophy case. Deuces.
1: I. The, the, it's a possibility. I'll, I'll I'm just saying it. That that group of people, like Rogers, Gudakunst, Mark Murphy, Lafleur, the most unlikable. Like I don't want any of them to succeed. They're all so stupid and so petty, and they're acting like children. Like yeah. Rogers is acting like a twelve-year-old. Gudakunst is a dumbass. Murphy's very stupid, mm-hmm. but like saying that he's a complicated guy. Lafleur. Yeah, Lafleur. Like, I don't know if he knows what's going on. <laughs> I think they're just like, go come up with the offensive plays yeah. and, and leave us alone. Like, I I I can't root for any of them just because they're so unlikable as people. <laughs> like, they're so. I hope Rogers like retires and they fire the. No, I don't hope, hope people lose their jobs, but like, unlikable group of guys.
0: Oh yeah, because if if Aaron Rodgers either retires, sits out for the year, or like does what Gronk, like, he could easily sit out for this year, go host Jeopardy, and then next year, hey, look, I'm coming back. Trade me to this place and get because like like what a lot of people got pissed off at Gronk because we got fuck all in return. Um, so hey, Rodgers got could a do that. Yeah, pick, <laughs> yep, a sixth round pick. So Aaron Rodgers could do that because also, I think for him to come out and say this on the night of the draft was just him. It was it was a petty move. It was like, oh, hey, look, you did this bad thing to me. I'm gonna do this to you. A few hours before you have to make a pick, I'm gonna come out and basically set the world on fire on draft night at four o'clock in the afternoon.
1: Yeah. yeah. It, it, they're just they're just all petulant children, the way no. they're acting. Yeah. And 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 we were talking about this before we got on air. You were saying, like, that's all that there is in the news, really, NFL-wise. Yeah. Like that's tough for the NFL because I don't think anybody wants to pay attention to this because it's so frustrating to watch. Circus sideshow? Yeah. It's like, it's like everybody's hate watching it because they, they yeah. have nothing else and they, they want to be mad at these people, so they'll watch it, but not for the right reasons.
0: It's like what I told you, like, I, when I'm at work every day, I listen to pro football talk, because I like to be dialed in and know as much stuff, so when I come on here, I'm not just spewing bullshit, even though it seems like a lot of the guys who do that get paid millions of dollars, um, hi, any, any big network, pay me, you, have, you just gave the NFL a lot of money, um, but I feel like, like, I told you, Florio said in an email, someone's like, oh, can you still, I had to, like, uh, stop listening, because you talk about Aaron Rodgers, and he's like, that's, that's all we got, like, it's, it's the middle of June. It's the time of year where if your team's in the news, it's not a good thing. Like,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and the more I see this, too, I remember last year when everyone was saying, like, the whole, oh, was it Belichick? Was it Brady? It's like, why does it always have to be uh, who's on the wrong side? This one, it's a little more obvious, but I just don't like how everything in this world has to be a goddamn competition, you know?
1: Yeah, I, I view all of these things the same way. Who cares? Like, why yeah. does somebody have to be blamed? or be in the wrong, like, it happened, process it, and get over it. That's, that's how I view these things. Just, like, it happened. They, they drafted a quarterback, and you wanted them to draft a receiver. And then the, the head coach made a, a stupid decision at the end of the NFC Championship game. Guess what? You signed a contract three years ago for a lot of money. Show up to work. Like, stop acting like a baby because they didn't do things the way you wanted them to, to do it. And on the other side... This guy is the only reason your franchise has been relevant the past 10 years. Do what he wants. If he tells you to do something, do it blindly and don't say a word about it. So, so both sides are in the wrong. So I'm not going to root for either side. So I'm just going to ignore it until it's over.
0: (laughs) You know what? At the same point, I'm going to do it too. It's just, you know what? Sometimes it's, you try to like cancel the noise but the noise is too loud um it's like with Tom how like you said earlier look he didn't show up for OTAs like look in the later years of his contract he like I'm gonna say this too for anyone doubting the Patriots read the book by Jeff Benedict um with the with him he went to them and said hey I want to spend more time with my family so they said okay Tom you don't have to go to OTAs you can be in Europe with Giselle you can go here with her and the kids like you can go to the Met Ball you do whatever the hell you want like with Rodgers it was just more like it's just self petty. And even too, like you said, it was the dumb play. Like Tampa Bay was not the better team in the NFC championship game. It's just green Bay did not capitalize on their chances to win when it mattered most. And then also too, they didn't hurt that the Tampa secondary figured out, Oh, Hey, he's only going to Adams, So let's protect, let's just cover Adams at all times. And you know what? Props to Todd Bowles. It worked.
1: Also Tom Brady realized that Kevin King stinks and just attacked him for oh. two quarters straight.
0: Yeah, you know, when Scotty Miller puts you in a body bag, it's not a good day. I also said, too, the second he signed there, everyone's like, yo, he's got Evans. He's got Godwin. I'm like, yo, he's got Scotty Miller. Scotty Miller's is exactly the guy he likes to throw to.
1: A little white guy. Who, yeah. who wouldn't want to throw to that guy?
0: Justin Watson's going to be a pro bowler either this year or next year.
1: Love that take.
0: Yeah. Um, the one thing I'm going to say, too, about the blocks, that there's a couple things that I uh, don't like about it. One is the whole um, – I don't know if you heard this, but Bruce Arians apparently said that Blaine Gavitt's the most over underrated uh, player in the NFL right now. I'm like, Bruce, I respect you. You're a good coach. Stop it. No. Kyle Trask is the future of that team. Whenever Brady retires, like they're they're basically doing what Tom wanted to have done all along. Not all along, but what Tom kind of wanted in Green Bay with. They just gave him the keys to the car. So that's just one thing I got to say. As soon as I heard that Blaine gabbard take, I'm like, Bruce, like, no, no one's buying your bullshit.
1: They, they did exactly what the Patriots did as well. The Patriots ended up cutting. Like, who knows if the, if the Bucs are going to cut Blaine Gabbard or if they're going to keep a third quarterback. But this is what the Patriots did. They drafted Jimmy G in the second round. Yeah. The Bucks drafted Kyle Trask in the second round. Brian Hoyer was there. That was Brady's guy, the guy who did all the, all the hard work during the week for him. <laughs> like, you know, setting, setting up the, the scout team and stuff like that. He did all that stuff. That's who Blaine Gabbard is. The Patriots ended up cutting Hoyer before the season. But, like, like who knows if, if we're going to see that happen in, in Tampa Bay. But they're following a formula that worked. And I think that's – like, that's one of the things that you don't see in the NFL nowadays is everybody tries to figure out their own way of doing things. And sometimes it works. Like, Sean McVay brought the, the Rams to a Super Bowl when that team probably wasn't good enough to go to a Super Bowl because they were doing all this new inventive stuff. And they outsmarted everybody along the way. But it caught up to them. Like when you when you try to work that way, it catches up to you. When you follow the formula that works, time in and time out, like you're going to be successful. It, it's not rocket science. It really isn't. So I I think that's what Tampa Bay is doing. They're kind of just like, hey, remember that thing that you did seven years ago? We're going to do that, and then we're going to win a Super Bowl. And Brady was like, all right, sick.
0: Yeah. Like, and also the other thing I'll say, too, with the Rams thing is also getting uh, not a flag at towards the end of the game that would have effectively had the Saints go to the Super Bowl that year. Exactly. Yeah. Like, because with the Rams, like, who knows? And I feel like now, like, them literally trading away their future just for Matthew Stafford. Like, part of me wants to see it's good. And also, I can't wait for all these casual people to come up and be like, hey, did you know this Matt Stafford guy was good? I'm like, yeah, he was just in a shitty organization for the last, like, what, 11, 12 seasons? 11. Yeah. So it's one of those things where it's just like, yeah, he's going to be good. It's just my only thing with the box. And I know people brought this up to me, like non-pats fans is whenever, like, look at the seasons went after we won a Super Bowl and then we got comfortable and then we never really found it. It's so, like, I wouldn't be shocked if the box are like, they're going to be a 14 and three team this year. I think they'll run through it. But one of those three losses, I have a feeling is going to come against a bad team. I think they'll slip somewhere along the way.
1: Yeah. Probably early on too. Just like new England always did. Like, uh, a, a stupid decision in, in a Saints game or something like that. Well, it will – they'll drop that. You know, that's – it happened last year, the early Saints game. They should have won that game. And well, the they, game where they got
0: absolutely walked or
1: – Yeah, well, did they end up beating the Saints?
0: No, they beat them in the playoffs. No. But week one, Brady had two they lost. And... They lost
1: both regular season games. Week one was that game where they, they played like dog shit, and they shouldn't have. They they were the better team.
0: And then week eight or nine, I'm trying to remember it was, they just – Got their ass kicked. It's, it's yeah. there's no way of, you can't sugarcoat it. That was just straight ass kicking. But even last year, too, I have a love hate relationship with him, like doing the whole, oh, yeah, hey, I uh, thought it was third down. No, 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 Tom, we're only laughing at that now because you guys won. If they didn't win the Super Bowl, you would not hear that being talked out of Tom's mouth. I guarantee you that the players, bl- the Bears blunder on uh, Thursday night football. Even too, like they had other games like the, um, I remember it last year, it was against the Giants on Monday night football. I was, like, I, I saw the spread, it was 11, and I'm like, the Giants are going to cover that tonight. What do the Giants do? They cover it, and I did not bet, like, a moron that I am. Because that, that's my life. It's tough. It, it, it's its tough, but uh, you know what? The only other way I could see them making a blunder is maybe October 4th in a stadium named after a shaving razor company. I, I, don't, I don't
1: know. Who knows? You know, maybe they... Maybe Bruce Arians tries to get too cute or something. Who knows?
0: One thing I honestly think about that game is the whole week it's going to be. Oh, is Belichick gonna? Are they going to shake his hand? I'm like, it's going to be said every week. Oh, is there going to be? They're going to ask him. Oh, do you have any hard feelings or remorse? And he's. They're all going to see. It's another game, but deep down, like the three of them know what they created. Tom, Bill, and Tom, Bill, and Rob in his new it's, Bentley. I should say.
1: At at this point, it's been a year and a half like it, or or at the time of the game it'll been a, it will have been a year and a half since since Brady left they don't care anymore they're all over it like yeah <laughs> i don't think any any three of those guys really like i think they hold on to the good memories and they kind of were just like listen we need to get away from the bad stuff and, and we're done with it and like a week later they were all fine i they're going to they're going to freaking hug each other and they're going to do like a three-way hug and and kiss in the middle of the field Everybody's going to be like, oh, wow, I can't believe it. I didn't expect them to do that. Like, they're going to show a video. Brady's going to cry. Like, it's, it's going to be a whole shindig. I'm gonna cry. <laughs> yeah. Griff's going to cry. It's, it's going to be beautiful.
0: Yeah. Like, I'm already thinking about that week, and I'm like – because you know the Monday of that happening. It's going to be right away. Like, even to I'll, – like, I'll, I'll always watch Sunday Night Football if I can. And I know I'm going to be watching Sunday Night Football, and they're going to do the advertisement of, like – the homecoming and everything. And I'm going to be like, I'm, I'm not ready for it yet. No, I've been preparing for this. <laughs> Cause I knew 21, he's coming back, but I'm not, I'm not ready for it. Um, the other question I was going to ask you is uh, do you have, are you going to shell your wallet out? Or are you going to kick your wallet's ass by going to
1: that game or? I, I do not know. I, so a little personal news. I know no one cares, but I just signed a lease for an apartment.
0: Oh, congratulations.
1: So, oh, thanks. A, a little bit less um throwing away money for me nowadays so we'll see i think i think the plan is for me um i'm gonna try to finagle my way in as a, a journalist we'll uh we'll see if it works out i doubt it will but it's always worth it worth a shot if not i'll probably buy a ticket. i um i think two two tickets nowadays is gonna run you like four g's so lots of saving to do <laughs> until october but um we'll see i i i would bet it's more probable than not, that I'll be there.
0: I'm going to try my best to make it down there. Look, I think the Canadian border should be opening soon. I'm hoping to get to a game either this year or next year. Just – it all depends on, like, what goes on in the world. Because, like, I know if I go this year, it's going to be very last minute. But I also look at the Saints game week three, and I'm like – for a ticket I'd spend two Gs on, I could spend 500 on and go to a game where I'm like – You could spend, a like, a buck 50
1: on it and, and get the same seats, so – Oh, I'm probably
0: I'm planning on sitting in the lower bowl if I go. I'll pay the money oh, for it. I don't. Exactly. I don't want. I don't I, 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 like. like because for me it's a once in a lifetime trip, which I would like for to sure. make more than that. But for the first time I go, I want to try to have like the best seats possible.
1: That's all. Yeah, for sure. I, I get that. It, if you do come down, you got to let us know because I'm pretty sure Pat's at every game, and and Spags, you know, sprinkles a few in there. So we'll we'll make a trip out of it if you do come out, down. So you got to let us know.
0: Even if he's, uh, well, even if he may, be, he may be in the press box too. So we'll, uh, we'll wait yeah, and see.
1: Verified guys Spags, all cool and, and better than us. He'll <laughs> he'll probably be on the field before the game. Who knows? Not a
0: big deal. Just him yeah, and, like next deal. to, like, hit, you know, we're, you're going to see it on the side. And you're going to have him sandwiched between Doug Kyed from Nesson and then Jeff Howe from the Athletic. And then off in the corner, you see Levin Reed and uh, Mike Reese. <laughs>
1: yeah, up, uh, up in like the third third deck. yeah (laughs) doing dances before the game
0: yeah exactly exactly and then steve burton over in the cbs foreign club just like laughing his ass off um one other a couple other things too just to touch on before we go i know it's june but i wanted to do this because i saw it it was a tiktok and it had to do with goalies but i want to change it to quarterbacks and one thing i want to ask you is if you had to pick a dark horse mvp candidate for quarterback, like no we'll we'll just say quarterback because obviously it's the uh position that usually gets it where would you lean towards
1: Dark Horse MVP. See, the first thing that comes to mind is Josh Allen, but I don't think he's a dark horse anymore. I wouldn't say so. Um, Yeah, I I think he's like probably up towards the top of the league. I'll say, I'll say Kyler Murray. I think for that might not even be dark horse either. But the way I view it is, there are three guys at the top of the league every year that are you know in it. Um, Like it varies every year, but Patrick Mahomes. Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson, if he plays, who knows? Those three are going to be in the race. And then you've got guys like Brady who can always make a run at it. Rodgers won it last year. Josh Allen. So just off that alone, that's seven guys who could – or six guys who could possibly win it. I think Murray is well far away from those guys in terms of the chances of winning it. And with the additions that they made on offense and defense specifically – I think they're going to win a lot more games this year than they won last year. And if, if he can put up similar numbers and kind of stay the course that he had the first half of last year, I think he could probably win it.
0: I'll also say this, too. If they do not make the playoffs, Cliff Kingsbury is
1: gone. I don't know why they hired him in the first place. Um, Steve Keim also stinks. <laughs> so I think that That's whole fun. organization needs a, a
0: reboot. He's been with the organization since like, he's like Eric Spolster in Miami. He's been with the Cardinals. He was like since the like video the guy. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: yeah. He like, no, legitimately. He was either video or scouting. It was one of the two and he just
1: worked his way up. Yeah. Eric Spolster was, he literally cut video for the coaches and then became the head coach. Um, yeah. Steve oh, a no, no, very I, similar situation.
0: No, I'm just saying, I know uh, Spolster was in video in Miami with the yeah, Dolph- right. with the heat, excuse me, but I said dolphins, obviously football, but with Kahn, I think he was a scout or something like that. Um, Mine, it's the same. I don't know how much of a dark horse he'll be, but mine's Justin Herbert. I think you know what? I like the Brandon Staley hired. That that's gonna be one of the that's gonna be that's a very underrated offensive line right now in the NFL. Adding Rashawn Slater in the draft, um, drafting someone my girlfriend went to high school with actually, and uh, Josh Palmer out of Tennessee. He from he's from the Toronto area, Brampton, Ontario. Um, yeah, he's Canadian. Uh, Austin, we'll see what Austin Eckler can do in the running back room. I think the Hunter Henry loss will be big. But, look, that team's the same thing. They need to stay healthy. Like uh, like Keenan Allen, Derwin James is the big one. Like, look, if Derwin James Keenan. can stay healthy, he is a top three. He's a DPOY candidate.
1: Absolutely.
0: Um, but I like the Brandon Staley addition. Uh, Joe Lombardi from coming over from the Saints. Because uh, the way I look at it is with uh, – and I know everyone kind of judges what Anthony Lynn as a head coach was, but he made Herbert Offensive Rookie of the Year last year. So if he can do it, I think Staley and Lombardi can come in and do just as good of a job with, uh, with Justin Herbert. So that's, I was, Kyler Murray's another one, but yeah, so I'm, since you went Murray, I'm, I'm going Herbert.
1: Yeah. I like that one. I, th- I think that's a possibility, but I, I just don't know how good that team's going to be. Like I, like I like the talent on it. I think they can kind of, make some waves a little bit, but I, I just don't know if they're going to be quite good enough. Also, you mentioned Brampton, Ontario. Is that where Michael Sarah's is from? Yes, it is. That's a weird fact that I know. I, just, like, I don't know why I know that. I've never been to Canada, never been to Brampton, but I know that Michael Sarah's is from there.
0: Uh, if you come up, I'll give you a tour sometime. Um, yeah. well, what was the other thing I was going to go on? But yeah, no, the, Char- the Chargers are an interesting team. I think they're going to be either sneak into a wild card spot or just be on the outside looking in, like kind of – so, since i last spoke to oh yeah no wait the 17th games are already announced so i think they'll be in that weird eight and nine to like ten and seven window this year the chargers
1: yeah for, and like we mentioned earlier with the kind of top heavy afc like yeah there are like seven teams that should make the playoffs so they're gonna have to overtake two or three of those teams so
0: exactly like or they're gonna have to hope that like pittsburgh is dog shit they're gonna have to like another team I still wonder about is the Baltimore Ravens. Like they're, a, they, I know they got Lamar, but that's a big question mark to me. Uh, we'll, we'll see. And even too, like, I'm not saying they're going to make the playoffs or be good, but you never know with if Denver actually goes with the right quarterback. Um, and I, I want to say Vegas, but at the same time too, I just look at it and I'm like, that's just a, that's a, that's a car crash waiting to happen.
1: <laughs> I with the, the decisions that they've made in the draft alone. They shouldn't be allowed to make the playoffs. I don't care if they go undefeated. They shouldn't be allowed just because they've are they been that stupid in the past couple of years. So I, I like, don't see them making the playoffs happening anytime soon.
0: Like, I don't think Mike Mayock – because I honestly think this year they're going to miss and Mike Mayock's going to be the one thrown under the bus because John Gruden's Teflon, like Steve Time in Arizona, and then Mike Mayock is going to end up for the NFL Network and everyone's going to go, you don't know how to judge talent. The only great thing you know how to do is point out what a bubble butt is which I'll still say this today. I showed my girlfriend and my sister that clip. They didn't, couldn't believe it when I told them, I'm like, yeah, he said it. And then they, it was, um, was the line? Like, I think it was Greg Robinson out of Auburn. Yeah. Yeah. That's who it was. And it was like, that guy who's got a bubble butt and they were just crying, laughing the entire time.
1: Mike Mayock. I, I, I like cracked the code on, on his draft strategy. He just drafts the players from the best schools, Yep, Alabama, Clemson, Ohio state. If they went there, he'll draft them. doesn't matter how good they are. Like we saw – it was prime example this year, 17th overall pick. He took a guy in Leatherwood who probably should have went in the third round. <laughs> he took him in the 17th pick. Like,
0: If boy. he had literally flipped Trayvon Morig and Alex Leatherwood, his draft would have looked so much better. That's all he had yep. to do. If he took Morrig at seven. 17 and then even uh i think it was 41 or 43 where he had uh or more went i know like you said third round but even if leatherwood goes in the second it's such a better draft and even too you're hearing stuff like oh tom cable loves him it's like who, who gives a shit what tom cable thinks you're the gm you make the decisions like i feel like it's has to be a team effort in vegas so we'll see what happens but if that team's not good you're gonna see a charger situation i think where you get more away fans especially considering that team is not playing in front of fans yet in sin city it it could be a golden night situation and it it very well may not be.
1: I I think it's probably going to be more of the latter, where whoever they're playing is going to have 80% of the fans in the stadium. And then they're going to have like
0: the Eagles go there this year. Like that, that stadium is going to be green whenever the Eagles go there.
1: And then like the, I don't think people in Vegas care about the teams. Like it's, it's transplants. It's people who travel. So yeah. If Whoever is able to make the drive down from Oakland will be there every week. But, like, you play the Rams from L.A. I don't know if that's probably a bad example. If you play Seattle, let's say, that stadium is going to be 90% Seattle fans because they're all crazy anyways and they travel well. When it's not that far compared to, you know, wherever else they may be going, like, they're going to take over that stadium.
0: New England goes there. Pittsburgh goes there. Green Bay goes there. I know we were talking about Green Bay and you don't want anything good to happen to them, but those are just some markets where, you know what, the fan base travels well. Like even too, it's like LA in the sense, because there's more Raider fans in Southern California than there are Rams and Chargers fans. Absolutely. So that's the other thing too, like where you have, that's why I'm saying like it has to be like a golden night situation where you find success or no pun intended gold. You find a gold mine in order to be successful because we see what the golden Knights that winning culture has created. They've built a fan base within the Las Vegas area. Meanwhile, with the Raiders, like you said, people aren't going to care if the team is seven and 10 or eight and nine, why are they going to go and support them? Especially to when the stadium tickets I think are a lot of money and they may go for the club to get drunk, but that's about it. <coughs> Excuse me. <Yeah, you>.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> Sorry.
0: So it's just, it's just one of those things. Also, to one other Chargers note, another pick I liked for them was taking Asante Samuel Jr. at 40. That was another pick. So that's just something else I wanted to throw in there. That's all.
1: Yeah, I didn't hate the Chargers draft at all. No. Um, one
0: other thing I have, I don't know if this is a hot take, but it would not shock me if the Kansas City Chiefs didn't make the Super Bowl this year, and here's why. I know they have a great team, but if you look at Andy Reid's Super Bowl history, he's only made it to the Super Bowl in one state that's the state of florida my friends 2004 with the jack in jacksonville 2019 miami 2020 tampa bay this year's is in la so just it's just something uh, to look out for i
1: I think it's time for them to fall down to earth i don't think they're gonna i don't think they're gonna like hit rock bottom or anything but there's only so many years where you can be the best team in the league <laughs> in the regular season. Like there's only so many straight years. There's got to be a down year somewhere.
0: There, the, the, we say that. And then the end of January, Hey, here's the AFC championship game live from Arrowhead stadium. We know we're going to get right. Jim and Tony from there. So it's just one of those things we know, like if it's just gotta be another, I would like to see another team change up, but like, look, it's like the run we went on from 2011 to 2018. It's like eventually like something had to give. Um, the only other thing I like, well, a couple of other points we'll add before we go. Cause I don't know how long we've been on here for, but a good amount of time. Uh, so I don't know you've seen. Obviously the NFL has got, I think at least 60% of the league is fully vaccinated, not fully uh, has at least one dose. The, I saw some stuff with players. You see it more and more come out. Like you saw the uh, Montez sweat comment. I don't even want to get into it. I'm not, I don't, I don't like getting political on the show because I like to use it as an escape, but just some things like that really irk me. But then you have things like Brandon. You can being, say it.
1: People are stupid.
0: People, people are stupid. Are it's it's like, I don't know if you're a South Park fan, but they did a COVID special where Cartman literally said to some people who were like the QAnon in the, in the cartoon, where it was like, you can believe in what you want. It's just what you believe is really stupid. Um, so that's how I view it, especially too, when, Hey, your coach is immune compromised. Um, but even you have the Buffalo Bill saying the loud thing quiet. And then you have Josh Allen saying like, Oh, I'll keep it to myself. Where I feel like with a lot of these players, look, You can say and believe in what you want. I'm not going to judge you, but don't bullshit the public. If you don't want to get it, just say it. You don't have to say, oh, this whole, oh, hey, I'm going to keep it to myself. You can keep it to yourself if you want to, but if you're an anti-vaxxer, just just come on and say it, you know?
1: Yeah, I'll I'll say this to be, you know, devil's advocate. I think a lot of Josh Allen's, you know, what he was saying, that was kind of to protect his teammate because Cole Beasley had a weekend.
0: Oh, I saw that. A couple weeks
1: back where he was, he went full, like, I don't want the vaccine, I don't need it, whatever, blah, blah, blah. So that's why he was asked a question, Josh Allen. And, you know, I think that's one of the situations where instead of throwing his teammate under the bus and making him look like an idiot, he's just going to say, no, I'll keep it to myself. And And if you read the full quote, he said, I think everybody should keep it to themselves. It's a personal matter, which whether you agree with that or not, it kind of makes more sense in the context of, He was asked about Cole Beasley. He said he was going to keep it to himself and everybody else should. So instead of throwing his teammate under the bus and calling him an idiot, he was like, all right, everybody, let's just keep, you know, minor on business.
0: True. With uh, Josh Allen, who's throwing out the first pitch Thursday night at the uh, Toronto Blue Jays game in Buffalo, New York, which when I saw that, I'm just like, like someone sent that to me. I literally just sent that gif of Elmo just going like, I don't know. I know we're in Buffalo temporarily right now, and I haven't been to a Jays game since August of 2019. But if they're there now, so I'm not going to judge. Um, but the, yeah, like I, the only thing with the vaccine thing is because like you see a lot of players who just don't care to get it. If there's a team in a playoff position and you have an, a player who hasn't had it by December in a meaningful game, and Saturday night comes around and the coach and the GM see, hey, buddy's tested positive, he can't go tomorrow. That's going to cause some like, uh, hi, go get it, please. Yeah.
1: It's, it's one of those situations, especially in America. I know you live in Canada, so you don't see everything that we see. People are just very dumb and they, they believe things just because they, they see other people believe other things and they choose to believe the opposite just because they want to kind of be contrary. And that leads to a lot of problems. So yeah. yeah, Like the, the big situation with the NFL is, the guys who are vaccinated should be good to go until yeah. whenever they need to re-up their the vaccine dose. But they're going to have to keep, not really keep an eye on, but monitor the rest of the other guys. And what's going to end up pushing everybody to get the vaccine is them not wanting to be under the strict, you know, yeah. watchful eye of the NFL. They're going to get sick of it eventually, and they're just going to be like, all right, give me the shot. Yeah, like, that's that's the- a very stupid reason to want to get a vaccine just because you don't want to be bothered. But that's a reason that people will get it.
0: I mean, when you're making millions of dollars to do what you love to do, and hey, if it avoids you having to go to the facility before before eight a.m. every morning to get a cotton swab up your nose and tickle your brain every day, and having to walk around the facility with a tracker on, you know what? Do it for the betterment of your team because the PA came out and said this, but I still think it's going to be a thing. They came out and basically said, "Hey, players won't get cut because of vaccine hesitancy or because they're anti-vax." You have two mid guys. One guy's fully vaxxed. One guy's got nothing guess who's getting the boot? I know it's it's unfortunate, right. but it's going to happen. Like when a coach looks at that and has to make the decisions, you know where he's going to go because he's going to look out not only for the betterment of his team, but for the betterment of public safety.
1: Yep. No, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Just, it's just, it's just a little things to
0: point out. And also too, cause like I said, folks, it's June 15th and we don't got a whole lot to talk
1: about. Yeah. It's, it's a struggle. Like they talk about the dog days of summer when, basketball is almost over hockey's almost over all we're gonna have left is baseball for like three months and you know for for a full month we're not gonna have any football either because training camp doesn't start till July 29th so this is the worst month of the year by far my birthday's in a week and I still hate June <laughs> I hate June and July
0: I know my girlfriend's birthday's actually in a week today so and I have to do the same thing so uh well I'll do this to you happy early birthday my friend uh please appreciate it. 22 yep uh, an old, man. 20. Feel, oh, old man making me feel old man making me old i'm uh i'll be 28 this coming december but um but no like you said it's the dog days because with i always say this the difference between like this sport like with football compared to like hockey basketball and even baseball with hockey and basketball you have the season end then you have the draft immediately you have free agency like a few days afterwards this year it's gonna be interesting with the expansion draft and then usually everyone goes quiet for about seven eight weeks where you hear nothing, you may hear a little bit of trades here and there, or like some signings, same thing with basketball. Football is a train that goes 365. The train's going a little slow right now, but in six weeks, it's going to chug, 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 chug along. It's my horrible train impression. But like I said, folks, first episode back, I got to get in the groove of things. But like we say too, I always say this, and I always say this after the day after the Super Bowl, next season will be here before we know it. Before we know it, it's going to be September 9th, and I'm watching the Buccaneers play the Cowboys on Thursday Night Football. So, you know what? It'll be here before we know it, and that's when we can start freaking out for real.
1: Yeah, it sneaks up on you. It it gets you, you know, where you least expect it. All of a sudden, it's time to start preparing for football season. So, I'm excited. I think, I think this last, I don't know, what, four weeks until training camp is going to fly by, and then that's when the fun starts for me anyway, so. I'm really excited to get things going.
0: Exactly. Cause you know what? It's like we said, now's the downtime, but before we know a training camp, will be here preseason. And then that's when it starts getting into it. Cause Hey, you, you get fantasy leagues going, you get survival leagues. If that's your thing. Um, I'm going to be one of the things I want to announce quickly for this podcast. I'm going to start doing, I do weekly predictions for games. I'm going to be start throwing out what games I like to help you guys win some money. Betting wise, as a guy who's won $0 betting, I'm going to try and help you and myself win some money every week. So We'll see where it goes there, because I I say this too. The gambling has been the biggest boogeyman in the NFL for years. They've hated it, but they're finally acknowledging it when you pay billions to partner with, like, DraftKings and FanDuel. They're finally embracing that, look, hey, we can make a shitload of money off of Degenerates. Let's go have some fun. I know it sounds really fucked up, but that's the truth.
1: It's almost like common sense prevailed. Shocking in terms of, you know, the NFL. But finally, somebody was like, oh, wow. We can make money by doing nothing. Amazing.
0: Yeah. Like, I like the, like the Superdome is going to be named after Caesars this year. And I just say this you're going to have bank kiosks and stadiums one day. 100% you will. Absolutely. Which may lead to some stupid stuff, but we'll cross that bridge if we ever get there. Um, but anyway, folks, that's, I think it's going to wrap it up for today. Do you have anything else you want to add on to uh, the stuff we recorded today?
1: That's it. We are. Um... You know, we're starting back up with the podcast that I'm now uh, a co-host on, the Pats Nation pod. You can, you know, go on Twitter at Pats Nation pod. Give us a follow. Um, All three of our our Twitter links and everything are in the bio. You can follow all of us. Um, You know, kind of similar to this show. So if you like this show, you can go follow. Lots of Patriots talk. We're going to have some new segments and stuff like that coming up this year. And then we have some fun announcements coming up as well um some really cool stuff some video stuff some written stuff not just all podcasts so go check that out follow that twitter page um and then with everything else you'll be able to see all of our announcements and stuff like that and then follow me on twitter you can find it in the bio there um i write sometimes i podcast i tweet my thoughts it's me
0: he's a a man of all trades guys follow keegan follow the whole Pats Nation pod crew like for patriots podcasting it's it's my go-to it should be yours too but anyway, and like I said, to check out Keegan's interview with Joe Cardona, long snapper, uh, long snapper from the Patriots. I appreciate you uh, having him answer my question. Got gotcha. you. <laughs> I
1: was, I was anyway, getting rushed out too. They were like, all right, one question. I was like, all right, I'll do grips.
0: <laughs> appreciate that. Appreciate you, man. But anyway, guys, that's going to do it today. Episode 92 in the books. I'm gonna, My goal right now, I'm saying this on air, is to hit 100 before kickoff on september 9th i'm gonna be at 100 before kickoff um as for when i upload i'll be back thursday night with uh, my good buddy danny we're gonna get a little jets talk he's a jets fan so i know it's weird but i'm trying to do that now i know i know it's gross but you know what i got i cater to all fan bases here i'm gonna try to get in as many teams from different fans to kind of get their perspective on where their franchises are at and before we know it guys the season will be here so if you're watching this on youtube one love